and amen. We're, we're talking tonight about the blessing of Abraham. That's what I want to talk about tonight. The blessing of Abraham, our legal right in Christ. You know, one of the things we have to be reminded of is that the Bible is a legal document. It is a legal document ratified by the blood of Jesus Christ. It is the law of heaven. And it always is meant to work in the lives of God's covenant people. The blessing of Abraham is a teaching that is very broad and very uh, intense. When you get to studying Abraham's life and his ministry and his ability to receive from God. And that blessing that was given to Abraham belongs to every child of God and it is our legal right in Christ to be blessed like faithful Abraham because of the blood of Jesus. So we're going to study tonight along those lines and ask God to open our eyes to everything, the things that belong to us from a covenant perspective. I want to begin in Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Help me, Holy Ghost. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterwards was hungry. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it may be made bread. Jesus answered him and said, It is written that man, shall live, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. How many of y'all know that was a temptation? That was a temptation. Uh, the enemy tempted Jesus when he was hungry. And so that was a real bona fide temptation. 
everything that Jesus experienced on that mountain at that time was a temptation that was real. Now let's look at verse 5. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. So Satan was able to show Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, one translation says. Verse 6. And the devil said unto him, All this power, one translation calls that, uh, that word power, authority. All this authority or power will I give you. And the glory of them, for that it is delivered unto me, and to whosoever I will give it. So, just like that first temptation was legitimate, so is this second one. The devil is a liar, but at this point he's not lying. He offers Jesus the power and authority and the glory of the world because he said it has been given to me and he says I can give it to whoever I want to give it to Satan had a legal right to offer Jesus that authority he didn't have a moral right to do it because he's a thief and he got it by deception through Adam's weakness. But Adam, in his sin and rebellion, delivered everything that God had given to Adam to Satan. And so Satan had a legal right. Somebody say legal. He had a legal right to offer the power and authority that was given to him, to Jesus. Satan had a legal right to rule and to reign over every person in the world who did not have covenant relationship with God. Because Adam had turned that authority over to him. Now I want us to start looking at this from a legal perspective. Because just like the enemy, and he took full advantage of it. He took full advantage of his advantage. He knew what belonged to him. And he exercised that authority in the earth. And every person that was in the earth 
that did not have covenant relationship with God, he had a legal right to place bondage and the curse and all of those things that were already in the earth because of Adam's transgression. He had a legal right to aggravate that. Amen. We have to, we have to understand that. Everything that, that the enemy does or uh, did at that time, he had a right to do it. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 14. I want you to see something. So Satan had a legal right to wreak havoc upon mankind. Isaiah chapter 14, look at verse 12. Uh, Isaiah is talking about Lucifer, of course, that's Satan before he fell. And he says here, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? But thou hast said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. And I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation and in the sides of the north. And I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell and to the sides of the pit. <laughs> that's his portion amen then the Bible says something interesting here in verse 16 it says there's, there's coming a time when we will view him when he is being punished they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee and they're going to say, is this the man that made the earth to tremble and did it shake nations? That's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to look at him because we're going to see him. And we're going to say, that little puny rascal there, he caused all this trouble. That's the one who was putting sickness and disease upon me. That's the one who robbed me for years and years and years. Him? That's what we're going to do. We're going to be amazed that we were so deceived by him. Because once you come into a covenant relationship with God, all Satan has for you and I, really, the only way that he gets the upper hand is through deception. He is a liar. He knows how to lie. But he did have a legal right 
to and still does have a legal right to those who are not born again. Jesus said that, uh, told the Pharisees, he says, you just like your father the devil. <laughs> How many of y'all know they weren't born again? They hadn't been reborn. They didn't have the spirit of God. So he says, Jesus, he, he would just tell it like it is. You're just like your father the devil. Children of the devil. And he had a le- and has a legal right to exercise authority over those who are not in covenant relationship with God. Now let's look at verse 17. I want to show you something. That, that made the world has a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof. And that opened not the house of his prisoners. When I saw that, I was like, he opened not the house of his prisoners. How many of y'all know the devil, he could ease up, but he won't. <laughs> he could. He could, he, could, he, could, he could just say, you know what? They've suffered enough. I'm just going to kind of go on vacation. How many of y'all know he never goes on vacation? He could, he could just say, you know what? They're, they're cursed already. I'm not going to aggravate it. I'm just going to leave them alone and let them, you know, go the way of the world in terms of just die and just go to hell. But no, he wants mankind to suffer. And he had a legal right to to do that. He took full advantage and he takes full advantage of his legal right to keep man in bondage. And the thing about it, he shouldn't be able to do that to the church. Let's go to Luke chapter 4. I want you to see something there. Luke chapter 4. I should have put verse 18 down there also, but I didn't. Forgive me, Risa. Verse 17 says, And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit, verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the captives or to the prisoners. Those who uh, were in Satan's prison through the curse and through sickness and disease and through spiritual death. Jesus came to preach deliverance to those prisoners. And for those who accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they now have a legal right to freedom. 
they now have a legal right to all of the blessings of Abraham through Christ. So he says, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. So deliverance from all spiritual bondage is ours. Jesus has legally given us freedom from every aspect of the curse. <clears throat> and just as radical as Satan is, with that understanding that he has a legal right to bondage, we must be radical in our understanding of our legal right to freedom in Christ Jesus. We must stand up, proclaim the gospel, proclaim everything that he has delivered us from, choose to walk in it, Submit ourselves to the Word of God. Resist the devil. And the Bible says he'll flee from you. I don't care what your experience has been up until now. Today is your day of freedom. You've got to claim it, though. You've got to claim it. Oh, Jesus. Isaiah chapter 44, I believe. Thank you, Lord. Verse 3. God speaking to his covenant people. If you are born again, you must view yourself as that who has been made covenant with God through Jesus. For I will, this is almighty God talking, for I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. God showed me, he says, my people must become thirsty for these things. My people must become hungry for these things. My people must become those who seek me with an understanding that it's only in me that freedom comes. I will pour Water upon the thirsty. I must begin to thirst after the covenant and the covenant freedom that comes through Christ Jesus. And I must begin to thirst for the blessing of Abraham. The Bible says, and floods upon dry ground, 
and I will pour my spirit upon thy seed. Hmm. Somebody said, well, that's old covenant. Well, see, the Bible says we in Christ Jesus have been made the seed of Abraham. So the blessing of Abraham and the things that God promised Abraham were to be passed from generation to generation. So when he says, I'm going to pour my spirit upon your seed, he's talking about a perpetual blessing. Never meant to end. That is to be transferred to every covenant believer. Whether in old covenant or in new covenant. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my, what, blessing upon your offspring. If you're not believing God for that, for yourself, you ought to believe it for your grandchildren and for your children. Amen? You ought to want them to experience this overwhelming blessing of Abraham. Because it's your legal right to walk in it, to experience it in your generation. So he'll pour the blessing upon the thirsty. I'm speaking to somebody tonight and I'm saying, if you're not thirsty, God says, ask him to make you thirsty. Some folk need to be made thirsty so that they can begin to experience what we're talking about tonight. Satan believed it. He believed that Adam actually delivered all of that glory and all of that authority to him. He actually believed that. And he was correct in believing it because it was true. But the Bible says, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. In terms of our acquisition of the blessing. Everything that Satan had, Jesus took back. Hallelujah. The Bible says he bankrupt Satan, made him a big zero. Amen. But he goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And I'm here to tell you tonight, the only one that he can legally devour are those who are in, not in covenant relationship with God. Everyone else who gets devoured, who is in covenant relationship with God, is getting devoured needlessly. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. They're being delivered to the enemy because of things they don't know about covenant. 
and about the word of God and about the deliverance that's there through the blessing of Abraham. So you have a legal right to walk in divine freedom in Christ Jesus. Galatians 3.13, one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. I like to meditate on it whenever I'm under attack. And how many of y'all know when you preach like this, you get under attack a lot. You just do. You just do. That's part of this. But when we grab hold to the word of God, he can't handle this. Satan cannot handle the word. It is the sword of the spirit. It's the sword of the spirit. If we could see what the Word of God did coming out of our mouths in the Spirit, we'd use it more often. We'd speak it more often. Christ hath, in other words, it's already been done, redeemed us from the curse of the law. That curse, of course, came into the world when Adam sinned, spiritual death, poverty, sickness and disease, all of those things are under that heading, the curse of the law. But the Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Then, of course, verse 14 says, So that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Now, When you read that verse of Scripture, understand that that blessing of Abraham, again, is your legal right. And you must be dogmatic in your possession of it, just as Satan was with his. He knew what belonged to him. He held on to it as long as he could until he couldn't. You and I must recognize the reality of our freedom. Claim it in spite of the the contradictions. I'm going to say that again. Claim it in spite of the contradictions, in spite of what you're going through tonight. You must still claim the promise. In spite of the attack of the enemy, in spite of the manifestation of the curse, you must still proclaim your legal right to freedom. I'm going to get somebody stirred up tonight. God has done it all. Jesus has done it all. We just have to renew our minds to it. I'm convinced of it. I'm convinced of it. I'm sitting at uh, my desk at work several hours ago. 
and uh, out of nowhere, just a weakness come over me. And uh, I'm not going a stiffness of my neck and all that kind of just manifestations of the curse. Things that you feel. How many of y'all know about things that you feel? And I'm like, okay. An enemy is doing this. This is the devil. And I knew it. Because I'm preaching tonight. He he hates me to preach the gospel, right? So he says, I'm going to shut him up. I said, no, that ain't going to happen. So I begin to speak the word. Fain is still out. But I'm not worried about, about it. I'm not worried about what I feel. I got to go preach this gospel tonight. And, I'm, I'm, and you're not going to stop me from preaching this gospel. This must be a message that the, the people really need to hear if you're showing up like this. So I got to church. How many of you know we walk by faith and not by feelings? And I'm like, okay. You still here? That's okay. When I step on this stage, something's going to change. And, and how many of you know it always do? It always do. When the anointing come, the devil have to go. The devil have to go. And, and, and it, the thing about it, we have to begin to realize if he could have kept that on me, he would have. But he didn't have any legal right to do it anymore. Once I recognize and once I proclaim my freedom, he does not have a legal right to, to do that. And I have a legal right to claim deliverance. And whatever you're going through, whatever you're experiencing tonight that is of the curse or an element of the curse, you have a legal right to proclaim your liberty from that. You just do. A lot of times what happens is we just sort of are conditioned by the enemy just to accept these things and just say, you know what, that's just life. That's just how it works. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Amen. God's with me. He's already blessed me with all spiritual blessings. Therefore, I have a legal right to tell the devil to get off of my body. I have a legal right to tell the devil to get out of my finances. I have a legal right to tell the devil to get off of my children. The seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Amen. Care what they into. I don't care what they up to. God has decreed and declared divine deliverance for His people. We just have to know it and accept it. So the blessing of Abraham does not automatically manifest itself. It it comes to those who are thirsty for it, who have made up their minds that they're going to become 
covenant-minded and refuse to be refused of that which Jesus has purchased for them. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12. Let's look at Abraham. He is very important in terms of us experiencing the blessing of God in our lives. We have to come in contact with the understanding that he had in terms of God's faithfulness. Because everything that has been promised to us, those blessings just don't automatically manifest. He was a man of faith, and we have to be people of faith. Amen? Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house into a land that I will show you. So he tells him to, get, to leave his country, to leave his kinfolk or his relatives, leave his father's house, to go away from everything that is familiar. And that's... Uh, Initially, that's difficult for man when he comes in contact with God. Because man likes familiarity. Man likes to be made comfortable. But when you're walking with God, when you're walking by faith, God will cause you to come out of everything that is familiar so that your dependence will be only on him. He wants us to depend solely on his word and what he has said. That's that's not easy to do either. But it's possible. So that's what he was telling Abraham. I want you to get away from everything that you think you know and to begin to trust in me who you can't even see. A total dependency dependency upon God is what he's calling him out to. But then he tells him in verse 2, That if you can do that, if you'll be willing to do that, if you'll be willing to walk by faith, if you'll be willing to believe what I say, even though there are contradictions, he says there's a blessing in store. He says here in verse 2, And I will make of you a great nation. That's after you do all those other things. And I will bless you. Now, we studied that word blessed at the uh, place where I work. I teach Bible study there every Friday. And we're always talking about 
what that word blessed means. And I got this, the translation of this from Kenneth Copeland. He, he uses this terminology. That word blessed means to be empowered to prosper. That's good, isn't it? I thought it was too when I first heard it. It means to be empowered by God to prosper and succeed. Does that make sense? And that's what he's telling Abraham or Abram at this time. I will make of you a great nation. Now, now notice he doesn't have any children at all, right? But God's talking about nations. That's how God talks. When you get hooked up with God, God begins to talk like that. He begins to speak in multitudes. He begins to, 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 to say, I want to take you not only to glory, but from glory to glory to glory. He wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we're in covenant with. I will bless thee. And I'll make your name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. So the blessing comes so that Abraham can not only be blessed himself, but that he can be a blessing. God wants to use him. How many of you know God wants to use you? Now, verse 3 is what I want you to see as I close tonight. And I will, again, who's, talk, who's talking there? That's God. It's Almighty God talking. How many of y'all know he's able to do everything that he's talking about? But better than that, he's willing. A lot of people, they know God can do anything. But is he willing? That's the question in our mind. Is he willing to do it for me? Is he willing to really and truly make these promises mine? I know he'll do it for Bill, but will he do it for me? That's the question we, have, we ask ourselves in the back of our mind sometimes. God says, I will bless them. They bless him. And I will curse him that curseth thee. And in thee, Abraham, shall all families of the earth be blessed. All families of the earth. Every Jew and every non-Jew. Every family. God was looking at Abraham, this one man, but he had the whole world in his mind or on his mind. He had you on his mind. When he was talking to Abraham, he had you on his mind. He wanted to legally bless you. Legally set you apart for his divine purpose so that he could legally flood you. Hallelujah. With the blessings of God. Now, 
in this world, you're going to have some trouble, though, right? <laughs> you're going to have some tribulation. Jesus told us that. We're going we're gonna to have opposition. We're going to have things happen. We're going to have challenges. Amen? No doubt about it. We're, we're walking through some challenges right now. Everybody probably going through something. So Jesus told us, in this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have tribulation. But be of a good cheer. I have overcome the world for you. So he was telling Abraham that I'm going to use you to be a blessing to every Jew and every non-Jew. God promises that the blessing of Abraham, Abraham's blessing, will be extended to the whole earth. So everything that God had in mind for Abraham, he has in mind for you and I. See, what God, what God was trying to do, what God has always tried to do and wants to do, is he wants to get that blessing back into the earth that Adam lost. And his dream is that every man and every woman and every child become born again. So that he can legally flood them with divine revelation of who they are in Christ. And that they, they can begin to glorify him through their acquisition of the promises of God. That's where he wants us. That's what he wants us to understand. He, you have a legal right to these things. I'm going to close right there because we're going to pick up next week right there. But I want you to understand, no matter what you're going through tonight, you have a legal right to freedom. Stand to your feet. You have a legal right to it.